chapter number three. The Lord's been dealing with me about some things uh, from the book of Jonah. Uh, and I think about the book of Jonah a lot of times and what uh, Jonah is uh, and what God did through uh, this man named Jonah. Uh, interesting fellow. I can't wait to see him in heaven. Uh, some of the things he might have to be able to tell us. I don't know if he'll remember it all, but uh, some of the things that may help us, he certainly may uh, be able to give us some things that uh, we can all benefit from. And I believe as I read this, and I certainly trust you'll receive uh, what I got out of this this morning. So if you can turn uh, there and stand with us in reverence to the reading of God's word. Uh, Jonah chapter number three. Help the Lord going to read all ten verses. you there, say amen. amen. Jonah 3, verse 1, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went into Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days in Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the day that you've given us. Lord, how mightily you've blessed us, how mightily you've moved on our behalf. Lord, looking past uh, over the last 15 months, how good you've been to us. Lord, seeing these people come back into the house of God, what a blessing it is. And Lord, I pray that... You'd help us today to leave here stronger than we were when we arrived. And thank you, Lord, for your word and what it teaches us and what it gives us. Now, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. Let your will be done. Save the lost. I pray, reclaim the backslidden. And, Lord, we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, we look at Jonah chapter number 3, and the Lord began to deal with me about a message, a vision for revival. A vision for revival. We've got a revival starting here uh, next Sunday night on the 18th. God's been dealing with me about it, uh, as I've already mentioned this morning. But uh, I want you to think about with me today, uh, first of all, just the book of Jonah in general. Uh, when you think of the book of Jonah, what do you typically think about? You think about a man named Jonah that got swallowed by a whale and the whale vomited him out on dry ground, and he went and did what God told him to anyway. Now, if that's all you ever get out of the book of Jonah, you've missed the whole point. This is more than a disobedient preacher. 
It's more than a great fish that the Lord prepared. Jesus, by the way, did say it was a whale in the book of Matthew and one of the Gospels. But we've got to understand what God wanted here. What God wanted here was a revival. He was concerned about a people in a city called Nineveh. And when you think about Nineveh, Nineveh was a very economically successful city. They were a port. They were on the travel route. They prospered very well, economically speaking. But spiritually speaking, they were in desperate need of a move from God. And I really believe that as we look at it today, a vision for revival, first of all, what is a vision? The Bible said, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he, Proverbs 29 and 18. So revival, I believe, has got to begin with a vision. What is spiritual vision? My vision is going to pot like the rest of my body, I guess. But I got to wear these. <clears throat> I take them off, y'all look blurry. I put them on, y'all get a little more clear. I take them off, I can't read the words. I put them on, I can read the words. It just helps my vision. But you see, there's something beyond what we can see physically speaking. There's something I believe that we've got to understand that's spiritual vision. Spiritual vision. Spiritual vision is the result of believing. Amen. Believing. And sees what God can do. Jonah saw a city that he didn't want to go to. Jonah saw a city that he didn't want to deal with. He saw a task that he did not want to do. But God saw a people that needed revival and I believe that as God saw that city, <coughs> he saw them in desperate need of revival. Now God shared this vision with Jonah. Aren't you glad God's still showing us stuff? Aren't you glad that God is still showing us things? God is revealing and manifesting himself in ways that we just cannot begin to imagine and comprehend. God's still working. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care how bleak it seems. God is still working. So God shared this vision with Jonah. And then Jonah decided that he would go to Tarshish instead. Now that tells me, I believe, that revival begins with Jonah being aligned with the will of God. See, revival starts with a man of God. It originates from God, and then God comes down, and he gives that man that he has called and ordained the message. Now, if the man of God ain't right, ain't nothing else going to work either. Because I believe that God was going to use Jonah, and this revival in Nineveh, Jonah is the one that had to do it. Nobody else could do it. You can just go out and grab a preacher to pastor your church. Just any preacher won't work. 
It's got to be God's man. It's got to be God's preacher. It's got to be God's preacher that has the message and nobody else can do that. Nobody. You can run, but God will come get you. That's exactly what he did with Jonah. So revival began with Jonah being aligned with the will of God. Now I've already mentioned this morning, we see a lot of revivals popping up everywhere. We see a lot of things happening everywhere. But the real evidence of what happens in revival has got to come down to God moving upon that man with a message and God has a target. God's got a target. What happened to the days when men of God felt led to go somewhere and preach? Now we try to find the biggest name we can find to draw the biggest crowd. You can have a series of meetings, but you may never have a revival. So I believe Jonah himself had to get aligned with the will of God because God's vision for this revival included Jonah. He was the only one that can do it. They wasn't nobody else. I thank God for those men of God that are bold enough to step out and tell me, I believe God is in this. I believe God wants to do something here. I've got to be receptive to that. And I'll tell you one thing that I have found being in a position that I'm in is that when God is moving on their end, He's moving on my end. I'm expecting the call. And I believe that the Spirit bears witness from breast to breast. So God's vision for this revival included Jonah. I believe God's vision for a revival here, God's vision for a revival for Benham's, God's vision for a revival for Bristol, Washington County, the state of Virginia, the United States, and the world includes every one of us because we are the church of the living God. I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. But collectively and together, we can get some things done. So God's vision for this revival included Jonah. Now Jonah decided that he was not going to do what God wanted him to do. So what did he do? The Bible said he decided to go to Tarshish. So he paid the fee, the fare of a ship, and he got on it, and he started in the other direction. Well, the Bible said, verse number 4 in chapter 1, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Now this storm was created by God to get Jonah back to where he needed to be. A lot of times God has got to kick up a storm in our life just to get our attention. We need that. Sometimes we need for God to muddy the waters a little bit. Sometimes that's what it takes for God to get a revival kicked off is for the waters to get muddied just a little bit. Jonah found himself in a position that he was with a bunch of mariners who were paid to take him to Tarshish and now seafaring men well experienced were in the middle of a storm and they didn't know what to do. But Jonah is in the belly of the ship and he's sound asleep. Well, he comes to the surface and he says, throw me overboard. I'm the man. I'm your problem. You get rid of me and everything's going to be okay. God has called me to do something. I believe today all this did 
was delay the process. It delayed the process. There was a people there that needed God's move more than anything else in their life. They had all the money. They had all the fame. They had all the popularity. They were well known. They had everything that they could want, but they didn't have God. And we need God more than anything else that we could ever have in our nation, in our country, in our church, in everything that we do. We need a revival, thank God, of the things that God is able to show us. I'm not talking about just so we can say, well, I was in a revival. I went to church every night. No, that ain't it. Brother, when God begins to move in my heart and I see things that I need to change and I need to do different, that's when revival comes. The evidence that God's been in my heart the evidence that God's been in my life and God begins to move me just a little bit. We find Jonah now. He's in the belly of a fish. Jesus, I mean God, he, Jesus said it was a whale. God prepared a great fish. Verse number 17, in chapter number one. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I believe God gave Jonah three days and three nights to get reacquainted with him just a little bit. Amen. I'm going to tell you, when you hit the bottom, you ain't got nowhere to look up. Amen. Jonah down there in that old whale's belly growling and going on. Amen. Digesting all that seaweed and Jonah was down there. Amen. He spent three days and three nights and he didn't have anywhere to look but up. And thank God when he got a hold of God, he began to remember, amen, that God had called him to do something, thank God. We have no place to stop. We have no place to quit. We have got to be obedient unto God. We have got to do exactly what God would have us to do. So I believe that the first thing that God had to do was get this man of God in line. You know, it's really sad you look at our society today and amen, there's a whole lot of preachers need to get in line before we ever have a revival. Isn't that right? I've heard a revival talking about where deacons and song leaders and Sunday school teachers got saved. Brother, I'm going to tell you, it's about time, brother, we get our lives right with God. Amen. We start preaching because we love God, because we've been called, not because I've got a Rolex on my watch. I've got a Rolex on my wrist, and I'm going to walk away with a great big fat offering to stick in my checking account. I'm going to tell you right now, if that's all you got, you didn't have a revival. Amen, I've heard preachers brag about how much money a church gave them and they, some of them now won't even go preach if you don't give them a minimum. Let me tell you something. If you're in it for the money, you're in it for the wrong reason and God's not going to bless that. I'm telling you what God wants to do is send a revival that'll help us, strengthen us, and make us walk away knowing we've been with Jesus and we can have something in our life that we can take with us until our dying day. That's revival, thank God. When God shows me something that I need to know, thank the Lord. Amen. I say, Lord, if you need to straighten me up, straighten me up. Lord, if you need to get me in line, get me in line. Oh, I'm saved, preacher. I don't need to be put in line. Oh, yes, you do. Amen. They sometimes we just flat out get lazy on God. But brother, I believe today God's vision for this revival included Jonah. Now here Jonah is. He's down in the belly of this great whale, this great fish. Verse number 1, chapter 2, number 2. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord. He's got out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord. And he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice, for thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods can pass me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Look at verse 4, close. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. 
You see, revival gets us looking at God again. I'm going to tell you, folks, we're living in one of the most messed up societies that's ever been. Brother, we're looking at everything but God. Amen. We're looking for vaccines. We're looking for cures. We're looking for doctors. We're looking for hospitals. We're looking for everything that we can have. But brother, I'm going to tell you, God's still on the throne. Amen. He is still Alpha. He is still Omega. He is still the beginning. He is still the end. He is still the first. He is still the last. He is still the lily of the valley. He is still the bright and the morning star. God has never failed us. Are you with me today? We start looking again toward Him. Thank God my enemy can do anything unto me, but God will see me over. Not a weapon formed against you will stand. I'm talking about being in God's army, thank God. I'm talking about getting a revival of who God is. I believe that's when the revival started right there. Amen. When Jonah got his eyes off of everything that was going on around him and he started looking to God. He started seeing God for who he is. Brother, I'm going to tell you, I have seen a society drop off so much Amen, I have never seen a time when people actually believe that we've hit a snag that God can't fix. I've never had a prayer he couldn't answer. I've never had a problem he couldn't solve. I've never had a just anything to happen to me. I've never had an enemy that he couldn't defeat. I've never had anything in my life that God was not bigger. Are you with me today? Let's get a good look at him again. God's not dead. He's still alive. How do you know he's not dead? Preacher, he lives within my heart. Thank God I'm telling you he's alive and alive forevermore. Amen. Death will never destroy him because death can't touch him. Amen. They laid his precious body in a tomb for three days, but he was down in in the innermost parts of the earth preaching under the spirits in prison. You know what they're doing to their Dalton? They're having a revival. Amen, that's what happened. Amen, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords went down there and held one for him personally. All them old saints of God being held in paradise. Brother, he let them out. You know why? They had to be saved by the blood. Just like you and I. Thank God. God's good vision for this revival focused around Jonah. Amen, it included Jonah. Jonah was essential to this. And he said, I'm cast out of thy sight, yet will I look again toward thy holy temple. Thank God. I believe today when we get our eyes on God, you think about old Daniel. Amen. Daniel went up into his bedchamber three times a day and the Bible said that he prayed just like he always had. Decree went out from the king, said nobody calls on anybody. Amen. Nobody except me. Amen. And Daniel went up to his bedchamber. What did he do? He opened up the windows of his bedchamber and he got down in that praying position and he looked back toward Jerusalem. Thank God. Do you know why? Solomon said when he dedicated that house, whenever your people get out there and they get in trouble, if they'll only look back toward this house. I'm telling you today, I've got a place. Well, glory! I've got a place I can look to today. Amen. He ain't never failed. He ain't never stepped down. He ain't never let it go. I don't have to look toward Jerusalem, all I've got to look is look to heaven, thank God, approach the throne of grace with all boldness that we might obtain grace and find mercy to help in the time of need. Bless his name. Thank God I tell you, I'm glad God's still God. Get your eyes back on him. Amen. Well, I feel good in the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to be saved, ain't it? Thank God I'm going to tell you I'm on the winning side. Amen. I can't lose for winning. How about that? Amen. Jonah chapter number 3, God's vision for the revival at Nineveh remained unchanged. 
Thank God. You can run, but you're going to come right back to the same point you started at. It just goes to show me you may walk off, but God never moves. Are you with me? You come back to him. He's still got the same plan. Amen. I'm just glad to be part of the plan. I'm just glad to be part of the group. Amen. Glad to be part of the folks that's going to heaven. Jonah chapter number 3. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah rose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now, when you stop to think about that, Jonah's time here. I've got my slides all messed up here. It's all right. I, I can't. Yeah, here we go. You see, revival is more about the results than it is about the process. See, I really believe that when he got to this point, he found out God still had to do the same thing. God didn't change his mind, didn't change his plan. He didn't do anything different. He said, Jonah, you've still got to do what I got you to do here. Amen. And I truly believe as I thought about that, and God began to speak to him again, he went from a three-day journey down to one day's journey. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, I believe with all my heart that when Jonah came up out of that whale's belly, the Bible said the great fish vomited him out on dry ground. I know that don't sound good, but that's the way it happened. I can just about imagine now that big old whale come up out of that ocean. Amen. He burped. And when he did, here come a preacher out of there. Amen. Doesn't turn three shades of green. Amen. Had seaweed wrapped around his neck. But I believe when he hit the ground, he hit the ground running. Amen. I've often wondered what it would have been like if it had been a preacher, a, a fisherman standing there on the bank, seeing him come up out of there. Hey, buddy, where are you going? Where have you been? He said, I got a revival meeting I got to get to, and I got to get to it right now. Thank God. I believe old Jonah hit the ground running, got there in one day, what should have taken him three, and he went in there. And what we find is that he preached one of the shortest messages recorded in Scripture. It didn't take a week. It didn't take three nights. It didn't take five. It took one blip. I'm going to tell you what. You speak words in the name of the Lord, and you lift him up, and you preach God's message. God's message. I don't know if you all ever listened to it or not, but I play Brother Walter on the first Sunday of every month and the first Saturday of every month on a radio broadcast. And you know what he says every time? Every time, I don't know if you notice this or not, some of you may remember this, I, every time before he preaches, he prays and he said, Lord, help me preach your message. He calls it, he called it the Lord's message. Help your messenger preach the Lord's message. Isn't that what we need today? Amen. Folks, you don't need to hear from Greg. You need to hear from God. Amen. I believe God's message is anointed, don't you? Thank God. Going back to old Brother Walter, bless his heart, amen. Some of them preachers' messages I put on that radio station, amen, they were preached 25, 30 years ago. You know what? They're still anointed. How about that? Well, I still enjoy it. I still get calls from people talking about how much they enjoy it and how they love to hear him again. But I'm going to tell you, they're still anointed. They were anointed then, they're anointed now. I believe, brother, we need the Lord's message. And when you preach the Lord's message, the Lord's message will have an impact, amen. So we continue on in chapter number 3. 
And as Jonah preaches that little short message, he says, 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. In other words, Nineveh, your time is short. Your time is short. You've got 40 days and you're going to be overthrown. Now you stop and think about a city that is as great and mighty as Nineveh. Who's going to overthrow us? There's no way that we can be overthrown. We're one of the world's superpowers here. We can't be overthrown. I'm going to tell you, anybody can be overthrown. And brother, when we acknowledge God, the Bible said that all nations that forget God shall be turned into hell. That's the sad part about this. So what did the people of Nineveh do? So the people of Nineveh believed God. You want to have a revival? Amen. You know what the real results of revival is? Is people start believing God. They believe what God says. They believe God's word. Amen. All the critics and all those that are trying to cast a shadow of a doubt on this book are put to silence. They believe God. I believe today that we are in a society, amen, that needs just to believe God. Amen. God didn't say he was going to give us all the details, but God said, I'll go with you always, even unto the ends of the world. Do you believe that? I do. Amen. I believe that today. Do you believe God's never going to forsake us? I do. I do not believe that God will ever forsake us because he said that he won't. Amen. David said, I was young and now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Do you believe that? I do. I believe it still applies today. Thank God. When we believe God, all things are possible to him that believes. Jesus was not able to do a lot of things in a lot of places that he went because of unbelief. Unbelief limits God. Fully believing God. A multitude of people were there one day with Jesus. And they didn't have anything to feed them. He said, what do we have? He said, 200 penny worth of bread wouldn't feed this many people. Lord, we ain't even close to a store. I don't even know where we'd go get it. He said, what do you got? He looked around. He saw a little boy there had five loaves, two fish. He said, bring it to me. Amen. I can't help but think about that little boy. I've wondered about him so many times. Amen. When they went to him and said, Son, Jesus wants your fish. Jesus wants your bread. He had just watched him heal a man at the pool of Bethesda in the prior chapter. I can't imagine that little boy said, I can't wait to see what he does with this after just what he did with that man. Amen. Down at the pool of Bethesda. So they brought it to him. And they put it into the hands of Jesus. And he blessed it. You know what we need, Dalton? Know anything that's in this revival? We need God to bless it. Amen. We need God to bless it. You put anything into the hands of Jesus and he blesses that and it'll take you somewhere. Brother, I'm going to tell you, you put your hands into the life. You put your life into the hands of Jesus and he'll bless that, thank God, and he'll take you somewhere. Amen. I'm going to tell you, I'd rather have God's blessing than the world's approval any day of the week, thank the Lord. Amen. And we see that the people of Nineveh just believe God. Just believe God. How many times do we doubt God? We're all guilty of that. Wonder why. Lord, why? Amen. It ain't why. It's why not. It ain't the why. It's the what. Oh, me. Let God have his way. One thing I'm learning the longer I walk with him is the more I trust him, the more he blesses me. Amen. I mean, he'll make a way when there is no way. God will never fail you. God will never come up short on you. He'll take you right down to the deadline, but he's, he lives at deadlines. You know that? Amen. God always moves in 
amen, what he needs to be moving in. So I believe the people of Nineveh believe God. You imagine the revival we'd have in America right now if people just simply believe God. People just simply believe God. You imagine what kind of a revival would break out? Amen. If all church folks just start believing God. Well, you ought to. Brother, I'm going to tell you, we're serving one that ain't never failed. Some of you have been a lot longer, a whole lot longer than I have. And there's one thing I'll have to say, I've never seen him fail. Everything that he says, I can take it to the bank. I can believe it. Do you believe it? Amen. I believe that we can stand upon the promises of God. And we can live our lives in a way that brings glory and honor to his name. What else did they do? They proclaimed a fast. They proclaimed a fast. Think about a fast. What, what is a fast? A lot of people don't even know what fasting is because they ain't never done it. But I'm going to tell you, if God ever leads you to slide that plate back, amen, you ain't never tried it, God leads you to do it, do it. I'm telling you, you will never have anything in your life that will bless you more. Preaching in a revival meeting down at Spoon Gap Free Will Baptist Church years ago with Gary Hartless. I never will forget it. And we was in that revival meeting, and I had never fasted before. I had never fasted, and God put it on my heart. And I was supposed to preach, I think, the next night. And I left church that night before, and God said, All right, don't you eat another thing till you go back and preach that night. He said, You just seek me. You seek me. And I did. And whenever I'd get ready to sit down to eat a meal, I just go to the Lord in prayer and I say, Lord, feed me. Feed me. Feed me from your word. Feed me from your goodness. Let's just let me see your hand working. Let me see your hand moving. I have never preached like that in my life. Brother, I'm going to tell you, I believe today but when you fast, amen, you get to the hunger. Amen, not for the things of this world, but you hunger and thirst after righteousness. And Jesus said, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Fasting. It's a way of mourning. It's a way of asking God to come in and move in our heart and give us what we don't have. I mean, we stop and think about it. I can tell by looking at all of us, amen, we like to hug the gravy bowl. Sometimes it may not hurt you just to shove that gravy bowl back and say, Lord, won't you feed me a while? Amen, every time you need a meal, pick this book up instead. I'm not telling you to do anything that will endanger yourself. But I am telling you today, under the leadership of God, under the leadership of God, if you ever get led to do that, you do it sometime. You watch God move on your behalf. You watch God give you something. You watch God give you the strength. You watch God begin to give you the desire of your heart, thank God. This world is not my home anyway. I am only passing through, thank God. But I believe these people here, they proclaimed a fast, and this fast was so widespread the king even declared even the animals were not supposed to eat. And nobody would take any water because they wanted God to move on their behalf. But I believe we're down to the point now, amen, that in our nation, in our time, and in our country, in our world, in the shape that it's in, as close as we are to the end, we are to be doing things extraordinary now like we've never done before. We are to be doing things, amen, in a way like they've never been seen before. Amen. Some of our forefathers, the old timers, amen, how do you think they had great swelling revivals that they had in their time? They had them, amen, because they prayed. They had them because they fasted, thank God. Amen. They didn't have favorite television shows to watch because most of them couldn't afford a television. Y'all can say amen right there if you want to. 
Brother, I'm going to tell you, there's too many things that keep us away from what God wants us to have. I'm like Joe Burris. You're going to get rid of your television, put it on your front porch, let me know where it is. I'll come by and get it. But you've got to know when to put it down and pick this up. This ought to have just as good a place in your hand as anything else. How about the little things we hold in our hand? Guilty. Guilty. Scroll, 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 seeing what everybody's up to, seeing what everybody's doing, seeing what everybody's saying about me. You know what? One of the first things I do when I leave church on Sunday, shame on me, is I go to the live stream after it's been posted to see what people commented. <laughs> One of these days I'm able to find something I didn't like. Bless Luke blocked it. Bless his heart. Amen. Most of it's positive as ever. I, I got to imagine there's some people has got to be out there that man guy's a nut. There ain't no way I'd ever listen. Let me tell you something, folks. I believe today that we need to be in tuned in with God and let God have His way, Amen. right? That's when real revival really comes. And I, I don't I don't believe that. You see, revival is not con, is not confined to just uh, maybe just well we're going to do it for five days. Five days. All right, Lord, click, start, go. You can bless us in five days. We'll be here if you can't. We're gone. Hang on there with me now. Some of you think, boy, we've had it now. We're going to be going out. That's all right. I like to see it take off. Amen. There wouldn't be no faith. There wouldn't be no, there wouldn't be no landing spot, thank God. Steve Miller sitting right back there. I was in a revival one time at Valley View, and his daddy walked up to me, and I kid you not, his daddy, Jerry Miller, walked up to me and said, if you close this meeting, I'll whoop you. He did. Now, Jerry's a big fellow. I didn't want to upset him, but that's just how good it was going. Brother, I'm going to tell you, that's what we need. We need that hunger, thank God, that hunger to see people change. And then we find that the king of Nineveh, he made a proclamation. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. How many of you remember the old timers talking about putting on sackcloth? Sackcloth and ashes. Oh, they talk about revival meetings. Say, we need to put on some sackcloth and ashes. You know what that is? It's an old feed bag. It's an old feed bag. Amen. They just got down to that humble state, thank God. Amen. They got down in the morning and said, Lord, please help us. Lord, please help us. You see, I believe they all got down in sackcloth. And the king himself, the king himself arose from his throne, lay aside his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violences in their hand. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his, ear, from his fierce anger that we perish not? Revival just happened in Nineveh. That was it right there. That's revival right there. When people become aware of how they're living and the consequences that it bears, that's revival. I had a revival. December 1988, Living Word Baptist Church in Forest, Virginia. I got reminded of where I was going to be if I didn't got, give my heart to Jesus. There's a little revival went on that day, and it happened right here in my heart. It didn't take a week. It didn't take two days. 
I didn't have to pray for six months to get it. God gave it to me right then. That's the kind of revival we need. Brother, I'm going to tell you a revival in reminding me, in reminding us. And again, it starts with the man that's got the message. The man that's got the message. Being obedient to God and doing the things that God has called him to do. And then the king of Nineveh made a proclamation. He stood up. Thank God. I mean, this was a mighty man, a powerful man. And he called for everybody, including the animals, that they would not eat and drink. Amen. Just praying that God would move on their behalf. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? I want you to look at verse number 10. Very powerful statement. And God saw their works. God saw their works. You see, I believe that God is looking for the results of it too. God, God, God wants to see this. He really does. I wonder sometimes as God looks down here and I know that we've all got concerns and we've all got things that we're looking to and things that trouble us and what we're really concerned about in our time. But folks, what is God really looking at today? When God looks down here, what, 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 what does he think? I've often wondered sometimes if God could just come down here, Jesus come down here in a fleshly, physical body, Dennis, and speak to us. What would he say? Revelation. Seven churches. God had John sit down with a pen and write letters to seven churches. Seven churches. He had some pretty harsh things to say to a lot of them. And I'm not going to say today, what if God wrote a church letter to the Church of America? I'm talking about today, what if God wrote a letter to Shiloh? He addressed it to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. I wonder what God would say to us. I don't know if I want to know. I'm being honest with you. I don't know that I want to know that. But brother, I'll tell you, I believe that we are living in the time when we need to be seeking that. Amen. Don't look around. Look up. Our redemption's drawn nigh, church. There's a lot of lost people that live around us every day, amen, that have no idea what's going on around them, and they have no idea what's coming. But I'm going to tell you what is coming, and people may wonder what in the world is the world coming to. i tell you what the world's coming to. The world's coming to judgment. Amen. We ever get a vision for that, thank God. And people stand before the Almighty God, the Creator of all the universe, of whom I am, you are, and everyone else on the face of this earth that ever's lived and ever will live is 100% accountable to. We start giving an account for our lives, how we've lived them down here. I see it, you see it, we all see it. The need. The need. What has church become? It, it, it troubles me. It troubles me. It really does. What, what has the church become? If you're not in my denomination, I'll never step foot in your building. I know that happens. How in the world can we all believe something different and end up in the same place? There's no way. No way. 
I've often wondered if we could ever just drop these divisional lines and come together under one name the name of Jesus it's going to be that way in the end at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord to the glory of God the Father on that final judgment day everybody's going to be bound together there ain't going to be no denominational squabbles on that day Brother, we're all going to be there in one through the blood of Jesus, thank God. And you know what I'm claiming today? I am claiming the blood of Christ. Amen, nothing more, nothing less. I am nothing without him. He is everything in me. And I thank God for what he's done for me today. I thank God for the vision for revival, amen, that God had. And he wanted to let Jonah be a part of that. He needed that man to take that message and preach it to those people. Now listen to me. A revival in America, a revival in Bristol. Let's, let's take it down to Bristol for a minute. A revival in Bristol, we're going to get together for a week or however how long the Lord leads it, and we're going to come together every, every night we can. I know everybody won't be able to be here, and that's okay. You do what you can. But when it comes right down to it, Dalton, where's the revival really begin? It's out there. Most people will never darken the door of this place. But I'm going to tell you what will happen when we take it out there and people begin to see that there's something real that's living in us. And people begin to see the manifestation of God's work in our lives. And then something begins to work up here and God takes it down here. And I become aware of what's going on around me. And I start to see a real revival break out. Lives being changed. <coughs> Families coming back together. Earl told us about a family just a minute ago on the verge of divorce. That's revival. Brother, they God bring that family back together. Man, that's the first step toward revival. I tell you what, folks, with that, that's the kind of thing we need to see in our land today. I find myself a lot of times wondering, well, who do I get? I get names thrown out at me. Get this one, get that one. And I reach out to them, sorry, I'm booked. Sorry, I'm booked. Sorry, I'm booked. And I'm like, where's God in all this? What does God want? Where does God want us to be? Folks, it ain't in the name. It's in what God can do. Jonah was part of something that was bigger than himself. And I really believe today <clears throat> that regardless of whether you've got five or 500, and honestly, I've, I've come to the point now. Is there, has any of you ever had to recite your gun? Why did you have to recite it? Shooting too high, shooting too low. I've had to recite mine. My sights were too high. I've recited mine to shoot low. So anything above low, I'm tickled. See what I'm saying? 
Folks, I'm looking for God to do big things. Amen. My part's very small. I'm going to do what I can. But, brother, I believe God's able to bring real revival in this land. I, I believe that. And, folks, when it comes down to it, that's the only hope we got. That's the only hope we got. I'm going to hush here in a minute. You, you look at what we just came through. <clears throat> 15 months, worst pandemic. This is one of the worst pandemics this country's ever seen. Where'd all the faith healers go? Did anybody else notice that? They all left. Where are they? I wish I had that kind of power, Joey. I'd have put ballot health out of business. God ever gives me the power to heal? They won't have, they'll have all kinds of hospital beds. I go through there one day, don't I take a day off work and I clean them out? <laughs> I just wouldn't hold back. I'd give it to everybody. But it ain't mine to give. It's God's. Amen. Let's have a revival. What do you say? Amen. Let's get in here. Let God have his way. And I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to have a revival whether anybody comes or not. Dalton, how about it? Me and you get in here. and ain't nobody but me and you. We're going to have a revival, ain't we? That's right. We're going to do it. Thank God. And I appreciate that. And I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see what God does. God's so good to us all the time. Amen. Linda, come to the piano. Brother Dennis, I believe old Jonah just about missed out on something real good. Real good. Amen. Because of his doubting. God had the vision for revival, but Jonah didn't have it. I believe we need it. God has it. And we need to have that vision for revival among us today. Thank God for salvation. I'm, I'm so thankful for what God shows me. And in, in the true sense of the word, I want to have a revival every day. Don't you? I like to hear from God. You like to hear from God? I like to hear from the Lord. Every time a Waller says that, I want them recordings. I, I, I catch that every time. Every time. Help the Lord's servant preach the Lord's message. How many of you remember him say that? That's what he wanted. Well, let me tell you something. He ain't preaching no more. He has arrived. He ain't suffering no more. He ain't sick no more. He's in the presence of his Savior. But folks, we're not there quite yet. I want to see God move in this day like he did in that day. People saved. People changed. People transformed just an old-time revival that God would transform a nation. Let's all stand. Dennis.